0: Hello, Tech V8ers. Welcome to Episode 4 of Jet Fuel Devs. This is the podcast covering the world of professional aviation and software development. I'm Dan, a professional pilot and software engineer, here with my co-host, Veronica. Veronica, welcome to Episode 4.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to Jet Fuel Devs. I'm Veronica, professional flight attendant, flying for almost eight years now and also a software engineer. Here with us, we have a special guest.
0: Today we have uh, Nacho Soto. Uh, Nacho, I met you uh, years ago uh, through Twitter, I believe, because of your uh, software engineering, of course, and your interest in aviation, and you have traveled back and forth across those career paths a couple of times, I'll say. Uh, I would say you're a true Jet Fuel Devs. Uh, Veronica has many questions for you, as do myself, to, uh, to jog your memory. But again, we want to thank you for taking the time out of your, uh, your week and uh, spending the time with us to, to hear your story and tell your story to people that may be interested or trying to do one career and learn or produce something in the world of software engineering. So, Nacho, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here.
1: Great. Uh, So, let's start, Nacho, with the first question. And can you just let us know how it all started? Can you tell us more about your passion for aviation and, uh, of course, about becoming a pilot? And then from FO, you transferred to, you upgraded to Captain, right? So if you can tell us more about that, but uh, let's start from the beginning.
2: Yeah, I guess if we go back to the beginning, I think I was probably maybe, I want to say nine or 10 years old. My very first memory was uh, being at a friend's house and he had Microsoft Flight Simulator with a joystick. And I never forget there was something about it seeing the airplane in the wrong way at, with the wrong way lights at night and the sound of the engines taking off. Uh, I remember the next day in school, I, I just could not stop talking about it and probably nobody else cared about airplanes as much as I did, but somehow from that moment I got hooked and a uh, years later, I think I started playing with it. I got into eval or I vow like it, the online network just like vatsim in the us uh where i was started flying online with uh quote unquote, real atc uh throughout europe uh started learning to fly the airbus a320 even though obviously now looking back i realized i didn't really know anything um but that just kind of got me started and you know i grew up in spain i never thought uh, i thought that was just a hobby it felt like an impossible dream to actually fly planes for real even small ones uh, but then i moved to the united states in 2011 and uh, a few years later uh, i did a, an intro lesson uh just flying around uh, the bay area in a small plane and uh i remember how much i loved airplanes and uh that kind of got me hooked again, decided to start training. And, uh, yeah, one thing led to another, became a private pilot. At first, I was just doing it for fun. Uh, I was kind of flying every weekend. And, uh, you know, I, I kept learning. I wanted to keep improving, got my instrument rating. And
0: about uh, three years later, I, realized, I decided to just go full in and become an airline pilot. Obviously now this whole time you were working in the field of software development and, and your experience. Uh, can you touch on that a little bit uh, from the, from Spain? You, did you learn software engineering there or in the United States?
2: Yeah, I started in Spain. Also uh, started playing with computers and programming as a kid, run nine years old or so. Uh, also didn't, even realized at the time that that could be a job. It's just like writing code and making small programs. Uh, but then, uh, I got a job when I was 18 as a junior software engineer. And, um, a few years later in 2011, I got an internship at a startup in Silicon Valley. And so I moved here and yeah, so I've been a professional software engineer for about 15 years. That's kind of what helped me fund the crazy dream of becoming a pilot because it's not cheap. Um, but by doing it on the side while having a full-time job, that's what helped me um, yeah, live my dream, I guess.
1: So how long did you spend in the airline in total since you got hired?
2: About three years.
1: Wow. When you started initially, your um, Aviation career. Did you have a plan uh, for the future? Like uh, you had that aim. I want to become a captain one day, and then I'm gonna resign (laughs) once I reach my aim. (laughs)
2: Uh, Eventually, I decided I want to do that. But at the beginning, you know, I knew nothing. Uh, Maybe the little I knew was thanks to Dan. He was a great mentor. He helped me uh, answer a lot of questions. But now, looking back, I realized there was only so much he could tell me because and I'm sure you understand me in the industry. There's, there's so many questions you don't even know to ask until you're in the industry. And, uh, there's so many little things, uh, about the lifestyle, about everything, how the work, uh, you know, everything around the work schedules and everything you don't even know to ask. So I went in with little to no knowledge, just knowing that I, I wanted to fly big planes and, uh, wanted to keep learning and using my love for flying planes and putting into something more professional um so i just i didn't even know i was going to make a barely livable wage in silicon valley being a a junior first officer in a regional airline uh but i i didn't none of that worried me i just knew that i wanted to do it um regardless
1: also can you tell us um what's like the most valuable lesson you've learned from that experience from that three years because me and Dan we are both uh working in aviation and uh we want to see from aside from uh, like your point since you resigned already since you are not uh since you're back to software development
2: I'm definitely don't regret doing this even though I'm sort of back to square one where i started uh being a software engineer but i definitely do not regret having uh done this transition um you know it was it cost some amount of money obviously to go through all the training uh and it was a big sacrifice in terms of uh, career and schedules and everything uh, personal sacrifice but uh you know when there's something you love uh even if you decide at some point that it's, uh, long-term is not the best career, the best use of your skills or anything. It, I'm really glad that I went through it and I experienced it. I take, uh, you know, for one, a lot of knowledge of how the airline industry works. You know, when I go find as a passenger, it helps me understand what's happening. And, um, but in terms of like the biggest lesson, uh, I think it definitely has uh, shaped my attitude towards, you know, maybe any job, um, the importance of, you know, attention to detail as a pilot and, uh, the, the constant strive to keep learning and doing a good job. I think it's maybe taken for granted in some other industries as a pilot. Obviously you can't, uh, take that for granted. And so I think, I don't know, that the mentality and the, um, the rigor of being a pilot, I think, has shaped how I, I want to say, makes me a better engineer as well.
1: Uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, in uh, our company, we say that pilots are actually more than half engineers as well, because you guys know a great right? <laughs> uh, amount of information. And yeah, it's just like an engineering job. So that's great. That's great.
0: You know, you, you touched on a couple of things there, Nacho. That um, you know, the one thing that I tell people that that might come up to the flight deck uh, is that are interested in aviation. I always encourage people to do it. I'm I'm never mm-hmm. I never try to say, well, it, it you know maybe don't do it if if you're this or you're that or or whatever, it's if you have a passion for it, I I always encourage people to do it. I'm I'm sure that I told you that as well. But you're absolutely right. It's something that the lifestyle is something that you just can't, uh, you can't explain. It's not a a question that you can answer, because you have to experience it. And you have to experience it for a little bit of time, Mm -hmm. this type of lifestyle before you kind of look back and you think like, wow, this is, this is, um, I mean, any, any career is a part of somebody's life. But this career the aviation career, um, it, it, there's a lot of things about it that dictate your life, the, the, the schedule mm-hmm. in particular, as you, as you well know. And, 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 uh, you know, I listened to Veronica's stories about her, the, the type of flying that she does, the international flying, which, which I, as you know, don't do. And even that is a big, a big difference. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's something that, that, um, people don't understand that aren't in the industry. But uh but I, I have to say like what you did, uh, you know, learning software development, deciding to pursue aviation as a career, and then achieving it and and doing like I'm gonna do this instead, achieving it uh and then you know, not just first officer, then upgrade to captain, and then making the decision to say, no, I've tried it, I've done it, I'm going back to software. Um, that is also impressive because I think any any change in career takes guts, and it's something that uh, um, I, I even struggle with that with with myself. Of, of you know, do I want to pivot uh, more into software development? Uh, do I want to you know? Uh, kind of try to keep the blend of aviation going. Of course, that's what I'm doing now. But uh, it's all of those, uh, those changes are, are not easy decisions to make. And, uh, and, and that middle ground, you know, when you're doing both. So for a time, you were flying, uh, full-time pilot, airline pilot, and then you were also dabbling or would you say you were working full time, uh, for, uh, on your own projects? You, you have watch chess that you're, you're obviously maintaining your app. Um, I don't know if you have other apps. Um, and then were you working with another company at the time when you were in SkyWest?
2: Yeah, I, well, for the first year or so, um, I was mostly just working on my app. Um, uh, and, uh, but I wasn't doing a lot of coding, uh, I I think it took me, I, I since I fully quit uh, engineering, I spent uh, a few months finishing my flight instructor certificate, and then I was a flight instructor for about a year and a half. And throughout that time, I was working on my personal up a little bit, but I would say I definitely took a break from programming. Uh, but for the last, especially year that I was an airline pilot, um, I. I realized how much uh, downtime I had in the airline uh, you know, during my schedules, either in hotels or days off. And, uh, and I wanted to make sure that I, I kept my programming skills sharp, I guess. So I was working uh, part-time uh, for the company that I'm working full-time now um, called Revenue Cat. I was a contractor for them uh, for about a year.
1: Yeah, that's exactly actually what I was discussing with my family, that now I'm, since I'm getting my bachelor degree and along with my full-time flight attendant job, I was saying that if I had like an office job, I won't be able to do that like uh, five uh, days working. And it's just, it will be crazy if I, I was just having a regular office job. So that's why I'm pretty grateful about that schedule that we have so like you said we can learn more and uh, when it comes to your aviation job taught you to be even better engineered can you just evaluate more on that like in what tense
2: i think especially you know as a captain for the last year and that there's so many things that it, if either you learn in the process of becoming a captain or in In the process of acting as a captain um when it comes to taking risk you know that responsibility of everything that takes on before and during flight and after the flight it impacts uh you know what as a full-time engineer now i realize it's not just maybe not not to uh obviously first officers have a lot of responsibility and uh you know as a first officer Sometimes you can just come to work, do your part of the job, fly the plane, uh, etc., and then go home. But as a captain, you can't uh, just focus on the little. You have to focus on every single aspect and keep that in mind. And I think uh, if you do that as an engineer, it also allows you to grow more. When you're, especially when you're working at a startup, there's a lot, a big impact you can have that's that goes beyond just writing the code. Uh, things like. Um, coordinating with other teams, uh, prototyping the thought process of preparing for future process uh, projects, or you know just everything else that's not code. And I think there's some parallels you can draw between that and being a captain. You know, especially as a startup, where this you know there, there's always new things that we can do. Um, and uh, so that's one thing. But also, I, I kind of touched on that, but. Uh, how, as a captain, it's also not only the decisions you make but also how you interact with your crew with passengers, and I think that's also something that's not frequently talked about in engineering, uh, which is how you interact with your teammates, uh, and maybe even your users there's a lot of parallels you can make as well, when maybe your users are reporting a bug, right? It could be that just like a passenger is complaining about something that's happening, you know? Maybe you know you're uh they're wrong and you're right but it's all the time it's not about that it's how you address those concerns etc so you know scenarios that i had to deal with as a captain and also force me to not only solve the solve those problems but also how i communicate etc i think that also makes
0: me a better engineer working as a team that's awesome and i i totally agree that um you know, as a as a as a first officer, as a captain, you're both responsible for running the the, the the you know the getting the airplane moving and off the ground and everything. And as as the flight attendants are dealing with the passengers, and, and but problems are coming to the flight deck from from the flight attendants. And, and uh, Veronica, back me up if I'm wrong here, but uh, but you know those are those problems are going to get reported to the captain, and the captain has to manage those problems. And whatever else is going on, it's a more of a world, you know, a high-level view, whereas as a first officer, you know, in my mm-hmm. current role, I'm more executing, just uh, getting the airplane set up, getting it ready to go, and, and I think that could maybe be aligned with i 'm getting uh, you know in, in a software world i 'm getting directed directions from a project manager or whoever my immediate manager is, just okay, write this feature, make this feature work, but I may mm-hmm. not have the big picture someone else is looking at that and i I feel like as a captain you 're looking at more of the big picture role and I can definitely see the communication aspect and I think that 's awesome that you can carry that forward because as a captain you might be the greatest pilot in the world, but if you can't communicate with your crew, you can't coordinate with the flight attendants, uh, It's you're not a good pilot. You're not a good airline pilot because it's more than just writing code. It's more than just stick and rudder.
2: Yeah, and I think following up on that, I think a great um, piece of advice to anyone that's starting either in, either in aviation or in programming Um as a, you know, as a first officer, you can choose to, uh, w- when there's a new problem, you can choose to, obviously you need to back up the captain and make sure that whatever decision they're making, you're comfortable with it. But there's first officers who choose to just lean, lean back and see what the captain wants to do. And others that might want to be a little bit more proactive. Um, and, uh, I think that, uh, that second type of first officer, also translates to uh, a type of programmer that doesn't just, like we said, write the code, but uh, tries to think outside the box and look at the uh, at the big picture. And so I think just like as a first officer, you can relax in your job and just do the bare minimum and, and you're still gonna be a great first officer, but you can at the same time try to uh, grow in the job and that's A, that's gonna make you a better captain in the future in the context of programming, you know, trying to think beyond the code is also going to make you a better programmer. So,
1: And uh, since you already had your uh, software engineering experience uh, before you started uh, your aviation career as a pilot, have you ever thought of, for example, uh, solving some kind of aviation problem through code, through software development? Because you're a great blend between... Uh, both worlds so
2: yeah good question i not really and i think it's because i've been uh, close to the folks behind for flight for many years uh i was a tester for the alpha version of for flight for many years uh, so i was using the the versions before they got released making sure they didn't have any bugs and everything and uh i probably because i i knew couldn't do anything better than them because of, they've spent so many years perfecting the product. Um, that's a, a very good question. I, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, probably that's my answer because Four just does so many things and they do it so well. It's hard to think of it's something a, that's not already done by Four
0: It's a great app. I wish we used it at, at our airline, but uh, but we we just don't. Did you would you think you um, would you say you had any level of burnout in software that, that kind of led you away from it for a while?
2: Yes, definitely. I think the decision to switch was a perfect storm of uh, uh, really loving aviation and wanting to keep growing in it. But also, um, I remember at the time, the main thing, it was the contrast of how uh, seriously you had to take the aviation and, you know, every flight was, uh, you couldn't just take shortcuts. Um, even if it was just a very quick fun flight, you know, in terms of preparation and focus. And um, it, I definitely had some burnout because I saw a little bit of the opposite in some parts of um, of engineering, especially in the startup world. Um, you know, the and, and sometimes I, I've since learned that you need to have a little bit of balance, but at the time... It was hard that to see that there was such little focus on uh, attention to detail and wanting to do things well the first time instead of um, trying to go as fast as possible, even if you needed to redo it later on. Um, and you know, especially I would say, being a captain, you realize you know, no flight is perfect. No, when things happen, there's no perfect answer, no perfect solution. You need to take compromises. So. Uh, I would say that also helped me be a little bit more comfortable with uh, compromise I guess in the software world because uh, you cannot there is no you cannot write perfect code all the time and um, and think about every single edge case and everything you need to be able to just like in aviation a flight needs sometimes needs to be done you know um, it doesn't mean you you have to ignore things that are wrong but uh, you know you need to find compromises sometimes in in both industries so uh but at the time yes there was definitely some amount of burnout i think uh also because of working in startups and working many hours
1: yeah that's true uh so three months in since you left the aviation industry uh have you missed it at all and do you miss it do you miss flying do you miss uh, traveling layovers chatting with crew <laughs> um
2: i kind of feel bad saying that i mostly don't miss it um because uh, but mainly because i'm it, it's it, it feels so comfortable to uh finally have some balance in my life i finally took uh a vacation for the, you know since ever since i upgraded because of how seniority world works in the airline world. Uh, the whole time I was in captain, I was a very junior captain and I could not take a single week of vacation a whole year. Uh, and that was probably no. the hardest thing. Um, I, you know, I, That's why. I say this as a joke, but it was a hundred percent a fact that the only vacation I was awarded in the whole year was a, a Monday. I go one <laughs> day off and you happen to be a Monday and I'll never forget that. Um, cause <laughs> That's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. And by the time I got the Monday awarded, I couldn't even cancel it. Um, So I had to just burn that (laughs) vacation day. But, you know, so because of how hard that was being the, on the complete opposite end of having finally some balance in my life, being able, I just went to see my family in Spain for two weeks and uh, being able to have control over my life again. uh, I'm still really enjoying that. Uh, Of course, you know, every once in a while I, I keep having, like, dreams sometimes or, like, random thoughts and memories of flying. Um, I definitely, I mean, I do look fondly at those times of, especially as a captain, uh, all the little things that happen and having to uh, solve problems and uh, just so many little anecdotes. Like, I'll never forget those memories, and they definitely come back to me. Uh, but right now I'm really enjoying the lifestyle. That's awesome. Yeah. It,
0: <laughs> I, I do always say, you know, it, I, even though I'm delaying upgrading because I, 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 have Christmas vacation this year and that's, you know, if I upgrade to captain, that's gone, you know? And, and so, uh, so I'm delaying that, but I do always say it, it's better to be the captain. You're, you're running the show and, uh, or you, you think you are anyway, but, uh, it, it is better to be the captain. Um, but l- I wanted to pivot to, uh, to revenue cat. Um, you, you, you were in touch with that team uh, through some connection that you had, but somehow you, you kind of, obviously, you, you leaned more and more into that. And, and what led you to pursuing a full-time position with Cat?
2: Yeah, good question. I, yeah, I before, um, well, it wasn't the last company I worked at before I made the switch, but uh, I worked at this uh, startup called Elevate's Uh, where we made this brain training app that uh, ended up becoming the app of the year uh, sometime around 2015, something like that. Um, And um, at the time, uh, one of the things we did is it was uh, a subscription app. And uh, that's back when subscriptions in the app store were pretty new. And uh, we had to build that entire infrastructure ourselves, tracking uh, you know, subscription status, cancellations, uh, across the uh, Apple App Store, the Android Play Store. Um, so we solved a lot of those problems. And um, two of my coworkers, Jacob and Miguel, uh, after that, they uh, decided that it was a great idea to build that as a product, and uh, they started the company. And I've been in touch ever since. And um, I actually was a relatively early user in my app, Watch Chess. I had a subscription using their product. And um, that's why I've been kind of connected to them. And I started contracting because I needed help initially with iOS. And I became really involved with their iOS SDK. And so when it became clear that um, uh, I wanted to make the switch back. I also, uh, my other option was joining Apple. I've always for many years, uh, thought I wanted to work for Apple. I'm still a huge fan. Um, ultimately I decided to go with revenue cat because I was really passionate about the product product. Um, and also it allowed me to have a much better balance, uh, between work and, In my personal life, with Apple, I would have had to commute uh, to Cupertino three times per week. uh, Whereas Revenue Cat, I'm able to work from home. So um, that's ultimately why I made the decision. But um,
0: yeah. On on a high level view, what is Revenue Cat? What can Revenue Cat do for you?
2: Yeah, uh, Revenue Cat is. uh, software that allows you to um, simplify uh, managing subscriptions in your mobile apps. Uh, we make it easier for developers to make more money. Um, if you uh, have any sort of in-app purchase or subscriptions on Android, iOS, or any other mobile platform, or even web with Stripe, uh, we make it a lot easier to handle that. Uh, so you can fo- spend your time focusing on building a great app instead of a uh, All the little nuances and uh, edge cases of uh, subscriptions
1: wow that's great that's great now i see why you're passionate about it (laughs) it's really a great product um so what's next for you like what because i see you have grand visions
2: i always think of that famous phrase that steve jobs said that it's always easier to connect the dots backwards to look back and realize uh, all the decisions that you made that led you to where you are. So it's always harder to connect them forward. So it's it's hard for me to predict where I'm gonna be, but um, you know, maybe um I will uh, I, I don't um I wouldn't be surprised if I end up back in aviation. You know, I um I would love if I was able to maybe have some sort of um a corporate job, uh, that allows me to have a more of a, uh, easier lifestyle, maybe flying uh, once, uh, you know, a few times per month or something like that. Um, if, if I can find something like that, I would love to be back in aviation because I definitely love everything around the, the world. Um, and you know, I'm still going to keep, uh, I'm going to try to stay current and, uh, definitely keeping my flight instructor certificate renewed every two years. Um, cause I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if
0: there's some more aviation in my life in the future. Have you done any flying in the, in the last three months on your own? Just go out to local uh, FBO.
2: I have not. No. Uh, no, no. part of it, it's a little bit painful, uh,
0: to go, go
2: from being paid to fly to having to pay to fly. <laughs> um, huh. so yeah. Uh, But also because I've always taken it very seriously. And um, I would not want to, just because I'm an airline pilot, I would not want to just rent a plane, uh, maybe do three take ups and landings and go fly people. Uh, You know, it's been three months. Uh, I I would want to do a little bit more training and make sure I'm as proficient as as I used to be. And, and, you know, that takes time and effort. Uh, It's not something you can just fly every other week and, uh you might right. most of the time you might be okay but i i always uh I, t- I always took it very seriously and wanted to be as proficient as i could whenever i went flying uh to be ready for anything that could happen so
0: yeah yeah a lot of people probably don't know this but but nacho and i flew together once um i can't remember what year that was no. yeah we we nacho took me for a flight we went to petaluma is that right from the bay area Yeah. Yeah, it must have been 2017 or 18.
2: Uh, We went from San Carlos to Petaluma, I believe in a Diamond DA40. There
0: you go. Oh, wow. uh,
1: That's great.
0: this had been, uh, it had been a long time since I'd flown in a a small airplane. And, um, I, uh, maybe, maybe I manipulated the controls for a couple of minutes, but I wanted nothing to do with the takeoff, nothing to do with the landing because I just (laughs) haven't flown an airplane. I hadn't flown an airplane, uh, you know, that size and it's, it's different. It's, it's very different. And so I, yeah, and, and I remember, um, watching Nacho what you were doing and how you were working the checklist. And, and I knew that you, we're very passionate about it and, and very focused on, on safety and and the discipline that, that goes into uh, professional f- flying. It's not something to be taken lightly because mistakes can literally kill you. And, uh, and I, I respected that, I, you know, because not everybody, especially at that level, um, I think you were a flight instructor at the time, uh, you know, not everybody, uh, is that disciplined. And, and, uh, so when you see that, and I, I'm certain that that, yeah, I, I've uh, well, I've, I've also seen you code because you've looked at the the mess that I bring you uh, when I've brought you my my problems in in software, and you're like, okay, let's just uh, we can you know, sort through all this. And um, so it, it's it's cool to see. It,
1: How was the touchdown? How was the touchdown <laughs> was, when he? People... <laughs> uh,
0: I I don't remember, which probably means it was great. Yes, I'm sure it was <laughs> a, a <laughs> lovely a lovely landing. We're always rated on the landing. Yes, yeah,
1: exactly. Sure. This is the most important. I,
2: I think I remember remember the landing in San Carlos. I'm pretty sure I I floated down half the runway (laughs) uh, because that's very easy to do with Diamond. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
0: Lots of runway there. Which
2: probably was surprising to you then how... Well, San Carlos is uh, something like... 1700 feet or oh, something like that okay. so you're probably i I, you, I probably scare you with how much wrong way i
0: wasted sure on a short way, but you know yeah. it's a small plane after all. i don't remember i don't remember but uh that no, was, it was, was
1: really just cool. chilling <laughs> yeah
0: i was just looking out the window it was a beautiful day too great great weather uh mm-hmm. yeah it was a, that was a nice a nice treat because it had it had been so long so um uh, I wanted to ask something a, a bit more about revenue cat. Uh, so you were, in, you were involved from the very beginning from the, from before it even started you because you were working with uh, uh, two of the the founders. Um, and I talked to, I think it was Will. I can't remember his name off the top of my head at, uh, at deep dish Swift, uh, who was there with revenue cat. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and it seems like the company is, is growing. I know that you know, I've, I've watched people via a, uh, the the now X platform get hired and, and, and grow. And, um, and so it looks like the company is just, is doing great. Uh, I have intentions, my, my new app that I'm working on, uh, I'm going to be doing a subscription and there's going to be no free tier. And I'm very interested in the analytics, uh, you know, with this app, because I think that there's going to be, um, well, I hope there's actually going to be potential revenue there. (laughs) None of my other apps is there, but, uh, but the analytics is what, um, is something that you also provide. It's not just setting up your, your in-app purchases. It's, it's giving a lot of feedback about those in-app purchases. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's right. And uh, I think what makes uh, the people working in Revenue cat uh, different is that you know most of us are also developers and a lot of us have even our own apps uh, that have either subscriptions before revenue cat was a thing or use subscriptions with Revenue cat and uh, so we understand the pains of uh, what it entails and all but also we we're very passionate about it, and we know uh, things we can do to make it even easier. Uh, and you know, when it comes to things like uh, analytics that like you were talking about, you can do A/B tests with subscriptions. The things that takes probably the most uh, time, even while using Revenue Cat, is creating paywalls. You still need to make the UI, uh, and even if you're using Revenue Cat SDK, you need to handle. even to uh, handle purchases and show the right subscriptions and localizing and uh, accessibility. There's a lot of little things. And so we are going to provide a separate SDK. We're going to be able to d- create paywalls with as little as one line of code. So for uh, brand new apps or even apps that already have paywalls, uh, you're going to be able to use that SDK and then uh, even be able to A-B test those paywalls, Wow! Uh, see what works best, Something else you're not, as a developer you're not going to have to worry about uh, because it's going to be one line of code,
0: um, and that's something we're really excited about. What advice would you have, Nacho, for anyone getting into um, the aviation industry or the software industry or both?
2: My advice is to whatever you're getting into, if you want to excel, you kind of have to live uh, and be involved in either. You know, in the software industry, on in aviation. You need to live that every day of the week. It, you know, Especially to give the example on aviation, but the same applies in programming. You can't just take a couple of lessons a week and expect your instructor to teach you. You need to spend a lot more time on your own, reading, being involved, uh, maybe listening to podcasts or watching videos and studying. And same with programming. Uh, it takes, if you really want to excel, just... You need to dive right in and uh, keep absorbing knowledge and keep learning. And that's how you're going to go from, even if starting from zero, before you know it, you're going to be an airline pilot.
1: Yeah. So, what you're saying is that there are no shortcuts, guys, no shortcuts. Uh, everything requires a huge amount of effort and, of course, consistency.
0: Well, thank you very much, Nacho, for for joining us. Um, it, uh, it I appreciate you taking the time out of the week, and uh, I'm glad that you're able to uh, uh, be a bit of more of a master of your own domain. and uh, And the Revenue Cat provides that work from home lifestyle. That's uh, which is not something you're going to get in the aviation industry. So
1: that's correct. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Nacho. Thank you so much. And uh, see you on the X app.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's (laughs)
1: the X
0: platform. We're not sure quite what to call it yet, but uh, X, X platform, X app, Uh, where can people find you? You
2: said that earlier and I didn't understand what you meant, but uh, (laughs) yeah, um, I guess I'm still on X. I'm uh, at Nacho Soto.
1: Yes, Nacho Soto, guys. Follow Nacho Soto on the X app and follow his journey because you never know. Great having you, Nacho. And uh, muchísimas gracias.
2: Thank you so much. Great trips to um, Brussels and, and SoCal, I guess.